If you're like me, you care about getting the most from your workouts, which means wearing the finest performance gear. You know, fabric that dries quickly and has superior moisture wicking properties. Fabric so soft and comfortable, you could, well, curl up and sleep in it. Introducing Sheeks, spelled S-H-E-E-X, the world's first performance bedding line. Sheeks began when two former elite athletes and coaches had an aha moment, combining everything we love about quality performance fabric with everything we love about comfortable, irresistible bedding. Unlike traditional sheets that trap heat, sheets are breathable, so you aren't constantly waking up to throw off covers or add a blanket. So you sleep deeper, longer, and better. And sheets bedding looks as good as it feels. Colors and styles that can match any decor at a price that will pleasantly surprise you. And right now, you can try sheets for 30 nights risk-free. Just go to sleepcoolnow.com. Use promo code 1212 and get $40 off any sheet set. That's sleepcoolnow.com promo code 1212. Sleepcoolnow.com, 12-12. This is our number two for the World According to Zig podcast for May 7th, 2017. This is the weekly show that's one of the very few places where you can get the Truth about news, politics, media, sports, and culture from the conservative perspective in this crazy, upside-down world in which we now live. My name is John Ziegler. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. Hour number two is traditionally where we have a guest of uh, some note, and this uh, particular week's guest should be very, very interesting. I've been trying for a long time to get uh, someone who I consider to be a very strong supporter of Donald Trump to speak with me to help explain this Trump phenomenon. And I think we have a a great candidate uh, for someone who might be able to do that today. Uh, He is uh, someone I refer to as a Trump super fan. He's also a talk show host. He does a talk show on the Internet on a weekly basis. And he's basically a Twitter celebrity uh, for being a Trump fan. He predicted very early on that Donald Trump would be the next president of the United States. And Donald Trump has even publicly uh, praised and retweeted him uh, on Twitter. So he's basically a pro-Trump Twitter celebrity, among other things. His name is Bill Mitchell, and Bill joins us now. Nice to be here. All right, Bill, uh, the President of the United States, Donald Trump, uh, praised you uh, fairly recently on Twitter as a guy who is uh, usually right. Is that, how, is, that, is that what he said, by the way? Is that the exact phrasing? Do you remember? <clears throat> no, I think that, I think that uh, uh, you mean when he retweeted me? Yeah. Yeah, I just, I can't remember. I sent out so many tweets, but it was something about how I said that uh, he's been right so often it's almost a little freaky or something like that. It was kind of, it was a compliment, but also a little bit of a humorous uh, edge to it. And he retweeted that. And then he retweeted something else at exactly the same time. So it was two retweets within a matter of minutes. um, Right. So he's he's clearly a fan of your work. This is my point. Um, and, And you've gotten a lot of credit. And rightfully so, because when I referenced you know you you being right, you were right uh, about Donald Trump being elected president of the United States. So yeah. so I want to go back because I was wrong. I, I did not believe that Donald Trump was going to be elected president of the United States. I thought he had a real good chance of winning the nomination sooner than most people did, but uh, I did not believe that he was ever going to be able to to win the presidency even as, against a horrendous candidate uh, like Hillary Clinton. So let's go back. At what point did you start to realize that Donald Trump 
was going to be president and and what convinced you that that was going to be the case? <clears throat> well, almost immediately. You know, it's it's interesting that that most of my reasons why I believe that Trump would be president uh, right away were not directly related to him specifically, uh, but to the uh, historical setup that we were looking at. If you look at the last six elections where you've had a two-term president, uh, the parties changed uh, possession of the White House when that president uh, tried for basically a third term or basically his party winning you know, the next term in the White House. Uh, the only time that the uh, same party retained after two terms was when Bush took over after Reagan. Right. And basically, Reagan had won re-election with 49 states. So there was a tremendous amount of goodwill left over for Reagan. They really just, the voters really just wanted four more years of him. And they figured, well, you know, if we pick Bush, then maybe it'll be like uh, more Reagan. Whereas on the other hand, with Barack Obama, he won re-election with fewer votes than he had won his original election. That was the first time in history that had ever happened. So his brand was already getting tired when he won re-election. And also going into the primaries, 73% of Americans were unhappy with the direction of the country. Two-thirds of Republicans were voting for an outsider. Half of Democrats were voting for an outsider. So I decided, you know, this is a change election. And change candidates win change elections. Hillary Clinton is status quo. Uh, it'd be very unusual for her to win after uh, Obama had won re-election with fewer votes than he'd been originally elected. Uh, and Trump is a change candidate. And what I said was that if Trump in the final month of this election can show that he is a reasonable commander in chief, where those that are unhappy with Hillary and don't want four more years of Obama are willing to roll the dice on him, then he's going to win. And that's exactly what happened. But it sounds like, Bill, you're making the argument that anyone would have beaten Hillary Clinton. I mean, it, it, based upon uh, based upon your historical analysis, which I understand and and, and is accurate, I mean, it, certainly Marco Rubio would have beaten Hillary Clinton too. Well, here's the thing: is that the thing that I think drew so many people to Donald Trump was the fact that he really is not an ideologue. Okay, uh, he is. You know, when I look at ideologues, whether they be on the left or the right. They are politicians where everything has to, every idea has to fit through this ideological keyhole before they even consider it. With Donald Trump, he's what I call a resultist. He's a guy who's made his career based on getting results. He looks uh, down the road into the future at the end result, and then he puts the pieces together to make that uh, happen. So I think that people really like the idea that Donald Trump would be a pragmatic, uh, results-oriented um, uh, president, not, not just an ideologue, because for eight years, Barack Obama had gone in there as a liberal ideologue and surrounded himself with uh, liberal yes-men, an ideological yes-men. And we saw what we got from that. One of the big concerns that, uh, about Trump has been from some of the bases that he's got people in his White House that aren't necessarily, you know, typical conservatives. You know, you've got uh, neocons, you've got some globalists in there, and they're like, you know, we don't like the fact that these people are influencing Trump. But I'm like, that's the whole benefit of Trump, because he's not an ideologue. He listens to all the voices, picks what are the, the best ideas that he thinks get to that, get to that vision that he has in the future. And then we get there. And sometimes <laughs> it doesn't seem like we're getting there along the way. Yeah, sometimes it doesn't seem like we're getting along the way. It feels that way a lot to me, actually, Bill. Well, I'm telling you, OK, let's look at let's look at Syria, for instance. Mm. Everybody freaked out about Syria and they said Donald Trump promised us that uh, he would not be an interventionist, okay? Right. He right. was not an interventionist in Syria. He was a preventionist, ah. okay? Mm. The problem in Syria was that 
that although Syria wasn't directly causing us a problem, a problem, the refugee crisis was a threat to the entire Western world, including us, because ISIS had said, we're going to invade the West through these refugees. And we saw that happening. And so what Donald Trump wanted to do was he wanted to set up safe zones in Syria so that the refugees could stay there. This was a campaign promise. It said something that he wanted to do. But then when Assad, the reports came in that Assad had gassed his people, Donald Trump realized, I've got to act, because if I go in there and set up these safe zones, and I don't act now, and the Assad gasses the safe zones, I will never hear the end of it. So he had to act, but, and the fact that he was so decisive made all the difference in the world. What difference did it make? What, what, what's been the difference? What difference, what, it, difference, what it made was that when you are a new president, you get one no, chance. But, but, no, hold on. You, you, what, 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 what result, since you're a resultist, what result occurred because of the Syrian airstrikes that are now long forgotten? What, what, what I mean, result occurred? It's, it's obvious. Let me, let me just list them. And let me give you an analogy no, first before what's I list. The, what's the result? Okay, I'm getting there. Okay. Um, that, you know, a, a shark without teeth is just a big fish. Okay. okay? What's the result? Donald Trump, when Donald Trump. Is Assad no longer in power? When Donald Trump. Is Assad, is Assad no longer in power? Listen, listen, let me ask you something. You ask me as a guest. If you're going to interrupt me, I'll just hang up right now. <laughs> I came to talk as a guest. I, don't, I didn't come to get interrupted. All right. Fair enough. Go ahead. I, I want to okay. hear what the results were. I'm getting there if you stop interrupting me. Okay. okay? So here's the, here's the result. That Donald Trump showed that he was a strong, decisive leader, completely the opposite of Barack Obama. No more red lines. He just said I was gonna, he was going to do it. He went in and did it. Then what happens? All of a sudden, we got the North Korea thing that we're dealing with. All of a sudden, China is working with us against North Korea. China is starting to give ultimatums to North Korea. Russia is starting to work with us against North Korea. Russia is starting to talk with us about setting up safe zones in Syria and stopping the war in Syria. All these things happen because Donald Trump showed that when he says he's going to do something, he's going to do it. He's a man of action. I tell you what, it made a difference. Okay. This is why. By the way, Bill, Another, that's a rational. That's a rational answer. I don't know if it's true or not, but that's rational. But you just said something interesting. When Donald Trump says he's going to do something, he does it. But here's the here's the opposite part of that with regard to Syria. Since you brought Syria up. I don't know whether or not the airstrikes in Syria were a good idea. I don't know whether or not they were effective or not. I, I honestly don't. But I do know that Donald Trump said on numerous occasions that he was against any sort of airstrikes or military action in Syria. So so because so it bothers me, one, that he's contradicting his past statements, and two, that it appears as if he was influenced by his daughter getting upset by some pictures that she saw on the Internet. I mean, that, that doesn't. No, not at all. You have to understand the difference in a campaign between oh. destination promises and roadmap promises. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. I want to make sure I understand this. Let me, I'm going to write this down. Destination promises and roadmap <laughs> promises? Okay. Right? A destination promise destination is... Destination promise. A destination promise is I'm going to be at your house for dinner at 8 o'clock. Okay. okay. A roadmap okay. promise is I'm going to take the five to get there. But... If ah. Once I head out on the road, I see on my GPS that the five has got an accident on it. Ah. If I take a route to get there, but I still get there at eight, okay, I didn't lie to you. I didn't break a promise. I kept my destination promise. I was there at eight. I just took a different path to get there. Like and when that. Donald Trump said before that, that striking Syria was a bad idea, once he got in there and became president and saw the dynamic that was setting up with China and with Russia and North Korea and took Syria in, in light of the whole thing and also the refugee crisis – 
then he realized that his goal was, his destination promise was to create peace in the Middle East, to get rid of the refugee crisis, and the roadmap was different than he originally thought. So he took a different path to get there, and it's worked out amazingly well. Amazingly well, because I, I'm not sure yeah, what the last, was... the last poll that was just taken on Syria, 67% approval of his strike in Syria. <laughs> but, you know, but, Donald, but, Donald hold on a second. That, what? Bill, you, you understand that because something appears to be popular in the moment doesn't mean that it was the right thing to do. You do understand that, right? I mean, that's not proof. That's not proof I, I, I of effectiveness. Do you think that Syria was right? Do you think the Syria was right? I have right no idea. Do? I have no idea. I, 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 here's what I do know. Here's what I do know. Hillary Clinton supported the same action. So, I mean, I, I'm not sure that, that, that I mean, we're, we're even in a situation where anything would have been different had Hillary won. But, but I'm, I'm for China and Russia would not be working with Hillary against North Korea right now. Well, we don't even know for sure that that's really happening. But I'm more impressed by your destination versus roadmap promise. I'm going to use that with my wife. Is that can I can I do that? that well, you that know, was, here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You know, and this is the this is the point of being strong and decisive and having bold leadership. Now, you know that Donald Trump had bold leadership. You know how you knew because of all those debates that we had during the primaries. Uh-huh. Every single debate was Donald Trump said this. What do you think? Donald Trump said that. What do you think? Mm-hmm. It was never Ted Cruz said this. What do you think? Well, that's because he was better for ratings. <laughs> you understand well, that, right? Out front. Donald Trump was always mm. out front. Bold <laughs> leadership. And what we see right now is okay. that with, uh, as far as a bold leadership, Donald Trump has said, I'm going to build the wall. Now, he's had kickback from Congress on doing that. That's okay. We still have a 73% drop in illegal immigration because they believe he's going to do it. Because oh, well, well, bold- hold on a second. Oh, I didn't want to make sure, sure I'm, I, I'm clear on this. So... Um, you don't care that the wall's not going to get built because temporarily. Just, go ahead. So you don't care that the wall's no, not going to get built because why? I said that bold leadership has resulted in a 73% drop no, but, in illegal immigration, which is a fact. Okay, hold but on a second. The fact that the wall has not been built yet is, is really uh, Congress's fault. But, and uh-huh. the reason why Con- Trump did not fight for the funding in this. Yeah bill was because Donald Trump never closes unless he has leverage. And he didn't have leverage yet because he needed health care. He needed tax reform. Uh-huh. If he can get health tax reform going before the actual real first year budget, because this isn't even his budget. This is just a continuation of budget from Obama. Uh-huh. But first real budget in October, if he can get health care and or tax reform done, he's going to have a lot more leverage with Congress especially with 2018 coming up to saying, listen, you guys got to fund my wall. Okay, hold on a second. Well, wait a minute. I thought Mexico was going to fund the wall. Wasn't that going to be the case? Mexico is funding the wall. Mexico is funding the wall. The wall that's not getting built because he doesn't want to fight for it. Okay. Okay, let me explain to you something about funding the wall. uh, Please do. uh, Have you ever worked for a company where you got a paycheck before? Uh, Yeah. Okay. Now, when you have a paycheck, they take withholding taxes out of your paycheck, don't they? Uh, yep. Most of the time. Okay. Well, were you writing a check to pay the government? No, they were just taking it. They were keeping it before you ever got your hands on it. Right. So you were paying the government for your taxes Mm. out of your withholding. Donald Trump is getting Mexico to pay for the wall the same way. He is going to remit. He's going to tax. All he has to do is put a tax on. Has he done that yet? Has he done that yet? Has that happened yet? Yeah, he's going to do that. Oh, he's going to do no, but it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, you know, no, it hasn't happened yet. Like the wall hasn't happened yet, and the wall's never going to happen. You, you, no, you, you, you do understand that there's never going to be a wall, right, Bill? You do understand. No, I don't that. understand that. 
Now, if you and I had had this conversation a year ago, you'd be saying you do understand that Donald Trump will not be president, right? Right. Yeah, but I mean, I'm sure you're a swell guy, but you're not very good at the prediction game. Let's just be honest with you. You mean because because Trump got three million votes less than Hillary Clinton? In in California, Hillary won California two to one. California doesn't count. California no, doesn't I'm, count as a, well, as part no, of the country. I mean, trust me, I live here. It doesn't. It, it doesn't feel like it should count, but it does. We use we use an electoral college here, right. In the United States of America, Cal, if Hillary Clinton could win California twelve million to one, she still only gets fifty five electoral yeah, votes. But that's not what Donald happened. Donald Trump wins where it matters, when it matters, and that's he why he won. Bill. Hillary by almost hundred electoral votes. Bill. He won Pennsylvania. He won Michigan. He won Wisconsin. It was he amazing. Won Ohio. It was amazing, and and you deserve credit for being right. However, he lost by a record number of votes for anyone who ever won the electoral college, and he won the electoral college because of a fluke. He he only it's it's clear. Do you, do you understand, Bill, that there were only two states where he outperformed Mitt Romney in any significant way? Now they were important states, Florida and Pennsylvania, but he outperformed Mitt Romney against a much 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 worse candidate you in Hillary Clinton. You could say the Patriots beat the Atlanta Falcons because of a fluke, but you know who's wearing the Super Bowl championship ring? Well, I get the it. I understand. I have never. Well, hold on a second. See, this. This. I, I'm glad you brought that analogy up. I would never question whether or not the New England Patriots are the Super Bowl champions. Just like I would never question whether Donald Trump is the president of the United States. He is the president of the United States. However, <laughs> I would question whether or not the Patriots deserve to win that game. Because they didn't. I watched that game, and the stats backed me up, and everything else backs me up. They did not yeah, deserve to win that game. Donald Trump did not deserve to win that election, and he didn't. He lost by 3 million uh, popular votes. So, but, but the popular vote does not matter in no, the but, United uh, States of America. No, but I, you, you, hold on a second. You're saying he lost a game that doesn't exist. There no, is no, no popular vote contest in America. I didn't America. say he lost never- the game. I said he I said he deserved to lose. He didn't. He no, got lucky. He won. He won. No, he won. He won the electoral college by almost a hundred uh, electoral votes. By, by less than a hundred thousand votes in three states. Okay. I mean, if, it, it, okay. I get it. I agree with he you. The, and congratulations. So he won the game that was that was. You know, you're saying, well, he lost a game that doesn't exist. There no, is no popular no, vote. You're not understanding what I'm saying. So let's move on. It does not matter. Let's let's move on. So when. I'm amazed that someone like you, who is a big proponent of the wall, among other things, is so willing, so willing, when that was promised at every single rally, hundreds of times during the campaign, and yet in the first budget that he signs, and Trump just signed it on Friday, the first budget he signs, there's not any money in there, not any money at all for new walling. And it and, and matter. It, why does it not not matter? That was his number one it's, promise. It's not, listen, I can tell. I can tell that you are not a really great strategist. Strategy is not your thing. Okay, <laughs> let me explain. Let me explain, explain the strategy to this. Okay, I, I'm try- someone who actually does what I say I'm going to do, and I like when other people do the same thing, oh, and I don't like it when Trump, I get lied to. Donald, you didn't get lied to. Okay, Donald Trump is Donald Trump is a strategist. Uh-huh. He is a negotiator. He only closes when he has leverage. Uh-huh. He went into the situation where he didn't have health care under his belt. He didn't have tax reform under his belt. Uh-huh. The Democrats wanted more than anything to shut the government down to show that the Republicans and Trump together could not govern. If Trump uh-huh. had shut down 
the government mm-hmm. over that billion dollars in, in wall funding, that right. little billion dollars in wall funding, that they, were, they weren't even ready to spend that on the wall yet. They haven't even picked a design for the wall yet. Right. If he had shut down the government over that, we would not have gotten the uh, American Health Care Act done. We would have. Whoa, whoa, whoa. House- you, didn't, you didn't get the American Health Care Doc done. You didn't get the American Health Care Act done. You understand that that's not done, right? You understand that there's a very, very, very small chance that that's ever going to become law, right? You do understand that, right? Let me just let me just let me just give you a rec- let me give you some. I was a, an executive recruiter for thirty years. Let me give you some career advice. Please stay don't. out of the fiction game. It's not your strong suit. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on a second. So I'm willing to make some bets with you. I mean, I'll, I'll bet you about the wall right now. I mean, there, there's never okay, there's the never there's never going to be the wall that Donald Trump described across the entire southern border of the United States. That's never going to happen. Uh, by the time he's out of office, whether it's in three years, three and a half years, or seven yeah, and a half years, never going to happen. There's never going to be a wall, anything like what he described. I, I'm also willing to bet that there's never going to be a health care bill that gets signed into law that does what he promised. Wow. That, that you a Republican does, or Democrat? That, that, what are you? I'm a, I'm a conservative Republican who actually believes in things and doesn't shift with the wind simply because wow. it was good at the moment. But uh, well, you're just you know you've obviously you've obviously grown very comfortable with being wrong because based on what you've told me, you've been wrong a lot. Well, so I was know, wrong. It's, it's, I was wrong about Donald Trump winning the the electoral college. I was not wrong about Donald Trump losing that. the popular vote obviously, significantly. I'm sorry. How could you not? He was going to win. It was it was so on a historical and a momentum basis and a movement basis. How could you not see that? It was so blatantly obvious when you looked at these polls they were putting out that were showing Hillary Clinton by ahead by four and five points, and they were using D plus ten, T plus twelve mm-hmm. samples. The uh, the primary was an R plus one turnout. Anybody mm-hmm. with half a brain that knows anything about politics would have looked at that and said Donald Trump is going to win this election, and he did. Well, I mean, I was. That's why I said, you know, I had, I had 150,000 followers. I said, listen, you know, I 100% guarantee you, I put my entire reputation on this. Donald Trump will win this election, no doubt whatsoever, no hedging my bet, 100% guaranteed. Well, and, and, you, and you were right, and, although I would, I would submit. Donald Trump will have the wall built, and 100% guaranteed health care reform will get done, and okay. 100% guaranteed tax reform will get done, okay. and 100% guaranteed Donald Trump will win in a landslide in 2020 for re-election. Okay, well, and... I, there's a very good chance if Republicans don't screw it up completely, they could be looking at him a supermajority in the Senate in 2018. I, this whole idea that Democrats are motivated and charged up and they're somehow going to take it back to the House in 2018 is a pipe dream. All right. Well, Bill, let me give you my reaction to what you just said, and I, and I would love to hear you respond. And I understand that you fervently – I respect you because at least you really seem to believe this stuff, all right? I, I don't think I don't think it makes any sense, but it's a, Listen, I have not been wrong in 20 months except okay. for predicting that Jeff, well, well, Jeff well, Sessions. I predicted Jeff Sessions would be the vice president of the United okay. States. That was the big thing I got wrong in the last 20 months. Well, I put my record up against any pundit out well, there as far you, as accuracy over the last 20 months. Well, I'm not sure what you're referring to other than getting lucky on the fact that that Trump pulled off this fluke victory. But here's what you're doing. You you are you're looking at a fluke victory. Well, no, 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 no. I, de- I deny your premise. I deny your premise. He lost not- by three million popular votes. It's never happened before. That's a fluke. There is right? no popular vote. Why are you talking about the popular vote? Because that's like saying that's like saying that the team that scored got the most yards in the Super Bowl gets to be the Super right. Bowl champ. Okay, there no, is no, no, no. But here's vote. here's here, let's use your football analogy because it's actually a pretty good one. I agree with you that 
that popular votes are like yards versus the electoral college, which is like score. But let me let me tell you from and I'm a football guy, Bill, and sounds like you are too. If one team plays a team and and out get gains them in yardage by 150 yards, but somehow through some fluke turnovers and penalties by a you know James Comey called a penalty at the last minute of the game that was critical, put uh, Hillary out of field goal range, and she misses the field goal. It, it, and it, if by some fluke the team that get, had a lot less yardage ends up winning, they're the winner. But the next time they play, I might not be so confident in betting on them because over time, the law of averages is going to indicate that the team that gets the more yards is going to win because they're the better team. It just didn't work out on that particular day. And yes, so you're, you but, no, no, but more importantly, but hold on, Bill, please let me finish this because it's important. More importantly, yeah. you're taking a correct, one correct prediction because Trump was able to beat a horrible candidate in Hillary. And you're extrapolating, well, you guys were wrong about an election, so you must be wrong about his ability to produce health care or tax reform or a wall or any of these other promises that were ridiculous that he was never going to keep. That's not analogous. It's a totally different situation. And he's already proven he's not capable of doing it. He's done nothing in the first 100 days. Nothing. First 100 days. 73% reduction in illegal immigration. You call that nothing? No, hold on. Let's talk Let's talk about that for a second. Let's, let's... At the highest record level ever. You call that nothing? You have What did he do to get the stock market high? You call that nothing? You have business confidence at the highest record level ever. You call that nothing? I mean, all these things, all these, you know, you have a relationship talk- started with China that we haven't had in decades. You call that nothing? Well, here's what I call nothing. Legislatively, he has done nothing. Legislatively, what? he has done nothing. Nothing. That's not true. Nothing. But let me That's address. What do you mean it's not true? What, what, what great piece of legislation no, has he gotten through the Congress? That's not Trump's fault. That's, that, is, that is the Congress's fault. And the <laughs> fact that, the, I'm telling you what, the fact that Congress got the AHCA through the House, yeah. that's going to start to, that's going to give the Congress some momentum. Okay. And I'm telling you what, this guy Meadows in the House mm-hmm. has really risen up as a leader out yeah. there. Uh-huh. And I think that, uh, I think that uh, um, Paul Ryan better watch his back as far as the speakership. Well, that, that may or may not be, but I'm, I'm, it seems to me as if you guys you Trump fans, you want to give Trump credit whenever something happens, and then when it doesn't happen, it's never his fault. Do you not see that it feels, if, to, to me, Bill, it feels when I look at you, the, the Trump superfans, and you're the leader of the Trump superfans, certainly on Twitter, and, and, and good for you. You were right about the election, and you're a very popular guy with your fan base, and I respect that. That's, all, that's fantastic. And you, again, you seem to really believe it, so, you know, as opposed to faking it, which is, which is good. But do you not see that from someone from the position where I'm sitting, I look at you guys and I look at this and I say, this is a cult because the, no matter what the leader does, he only gets credit for things oftentimes that don't even really exist or never really happened. And he gets no blame for anything that goes wrong because it's always someone else's fault, whether it's because, Paul Ryan because, or whatever. Do you not see that that's the way it looks? You guys look like a cult. No, I don't see that that's the way it looks at all. I see that you are a cult. I'm a cult. That you are a doubt Trump all the time. As a matter of fact, were you a, were you a, a Trump fan or were you a never Trump? 
I was I've never supported Donald Trump for anything, and oh, I well, and I actually and, and, and that's where you're coming from on this. No, that, but, that's people but, who are strong believers in Donald Trump seem like a cult to you because you just don't get it. Well, tell you me don't, what I don't what don't I get about the guy's greatness? Momentum happening. You saw this this uh, tsunami happening in America. There was no and you tsunami. Did not get it. You didn't get it. There before. was no tsunami. Hillary was a terrible candidate. That's what happened. There was a reverse tsunami. There was a reverse tsunami of the Obama vote that she okay. couldn't so, she couldn't duplicate because me, she was me, terrible. Let me lay this out for you. I don't want to hurt your feelings, but I'm just please, going to tell you the truth. Please hurt what my feelings. What you think about this does not matter. <laughs> I'm well aware of that. I'm well aware that what I think doesn't matter. I'm trying to understand the Trumpism. Trump is, Trump is going to get the results. He's going to win. Okay. And you can either sit, you can go, either go home and cry in your potatoes for the next four years, or you can take part in this. But this Trump train is moving ahead, and uh-huh. we're getting results. And you know but what? What, you what, say, is, what oh, results? He hasn't done this. He hasn't done that. Trump is he's going to be president for four years. He's been president for 100 days. He's either got victories or he's got works in process so far. But okay. there's been no, you said you're a resultist. I think that you're a linear thinker. I don't think you can comprehend the way a strategic thinker works. See, here, let me, let me. Let me. It oh, hold on a second. You're like, I don't get it. It's because not because Trump is not a brilliant strategic thinker. It's because you are a linear thinker <laughs> and your ability to analyze what's going on right. is wrong. Because and how do I know this? Because your track record. Because you've been wrong for twenty months. I've been right for twenty months. Well, no. And you're I, saying, hold on a second. I, you know, because I believe in Trump. I've been right for twenty months, and you've been wrong for about twenty months. About one. So about I, one thing. About you, one thing. You were right. When I've been right lucky. and you've been wrong. But, I have been right. What part of that don't about, you understand? About Hillary being even worse than I expected. You're right. You were you were correct about that. But as far as... This point, I've made my point. I feel like I'm wasting my time with this conversation. Bill, I want to understand. Are you going to hang up on me? Are you seriously going to hang, hang up? You you want the headline of this interview to be the Bill Mitchell, Trump superfan. Wow. Wow. I did not expect that at all. That was not the intention. Yeah, there you go. There's the proof that he that he hung up. I did not expect that at all. I figured, you know, I've been searching for a Trump superfan who would be willing and able to take it and dish it out and debate and explain to me what I got wrong. And I I figured that Bill would be that guy. And I tried to be incredibly respectful. I think I was. As far as the last few points there that he didn't give me a chance to respond to, I'm a linear thinker and Trump's a strategic thinker. Um, this is the heart. This is at the heart of where I think the Trump Rorschach test is so important. Because in Bill Mitchell's mind and the minds of the, the cult members, Trump is a master chess player. Even when he's losing, he's actually setting himself up for a future victory. And they believe this because, well, he's a celebrity billionaire who pulled off a miracle to beat Hillary. And so, therefore, he's a magic man. Charles Krauthammer referenced, and I've made this reference before, that Trump is a lot like the Wizard of Oz. And he is. Similar Rorschach test. Is Trump... The wizard, or is he the guy behind the curtain? I see Trump as the guy behind the curtain, the fraud who's trying to keep the show going. The cult members see him as the wizard, all-powerful, all-knowing. 
Similar with the strategic thinking, Bill Mitchell thinks this is chess. He's lost a couple of pieces or he hasn't attacked yet because he's all he's setting it all up. It's eight-dimensional chess. And even when he's losing, he's actually winning. And just wait because the results are going to come in. I see him as a checkers player. I think he's a checkers player who people give credit for playing chess. And I'm not even sure he's a very good checkers player. And as far as these results and where I would have liked to have gone next with Bill before he hung up on me, it, which is amazing. I mean, wow. You, 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 you feel so insecure about your position that you hang up on me after less than, what, 25 minutes, so thereabouts? That's, that's really telling in, in my view. But as far as the results issue, because Bill says he's a resultist or a resultist, and I still don't think I'm saying that correctly, but he's into results. So what results have there been? And, and the reality is, and I strongly feel this way, I'll probably write a column about it this week, I don't think the results of this presidency, the results of this presidency, and it's early, make no mistake, but the results of this presidency so far would not be any different if Hillary Clinton had won. I think that the Syria thing would have been the same. The Afghanistan mother of all bombs would have been the same thing. I We would not have gotten Gorsuch. I'm still hopeful that that's going to pay dividends for a very long time, but we don't know. Let's be clear about that. We still don't know what we're getting for sure with Gorsuch, but I'm willing to give credit for that. That wasn't legislative, and I'm not sure Trump even had that much to do with that, frankly. But... Okay, good. So, But you also have to remember, he's replacing Scalia. So I still think Scalia to Gorsuch, my gut tells me that's still a downgrade. Hopefully it's a small downgrade. You're not going to find another Scalia very easily. But even that, you know, I- I'm willing to give credit on that. So that would be different. That would not have happened under Hillary. We probably would have gotten Merrick Garland or someone like that with a Republican House and Senate. So there's an upgrade there. Elsewhere, I can't think of anything because there would have been no legislative movement. By the way, health care, a better health care bill probably would have passed the House and the Senate by this point. She would have vetoed it, but we could have had a tremendous bill because we would have known there was no chance of it passing. (laughs) So we could have passed that all day long. About the only thing I'm sure would be different with regard to results, is there under Hillary, and I'm no Hillary fan, even though I got criticized as being one, which is hilarious because the first documentary film I ever made was an anti-Hillary Clinton film, but I digress. But the only thing I'm sure would be different is there'd be a lot less praising of dictators. And simply out of fear of appearing to be unethical because of her very well-deserved reputation for being unethical. What difference at this point does it make? There would be less ethical problems, less conflict of interests, I think, in a Clinton White House. Not because they're more ethical, they're not, but because they would have been on guard against obvious conflicts of interest. Like, for instance, the Jared Kushner family business going over to China and selling visas for half a million dollars each. 
So uh, I'm honestly stunned that uh, that Bill Mitchell bailed as quickly as he did. I'm disappointed too because I wanted to understand. I I really did, and I and I thought I was going to be able to get uh, more of an effort there. I I will try again to um to book a a, a very pro Trump person because I I honestly do seek to understand. Now look, I'm not gonna to to deceive you and say that I'm ever gonna be convinced. But I do, I do like to understand where the other side is coming from because on this one, I honestly don't get it. And I, what I really don't get is how few Trump cult members are even close to that eureka moment that they've been duped. Now, that I kind of understand from a human standpoint because humans just don't like admitting they were duped. They hate it. I mean, it is far easier to dupe someone than to convince them that they have been duped. That is an absolute, universal, human truth that I have lived, especially in the whole Penn State saga, for the last five-plus years. You can dupe people incredibly easily. It's really hard to convince them they've been duped because then you have to make them admit, oh, my God, I was an idiot. I believe something that nobody should have believed. I believe there was going to be a wall. I believe we were going to get rid of Obamacare. I believed that I was going to get my coal mining job back and the steel mills were going to come back to Pennsylvania and we were going to destroy China in a trade war. And we're going to have massive tax reform and America was going to be great again. We were going to win so much. We were going to get tired of winning. That was that was never going to happen. And also to address one other issue, because I think Bill was saying that I'm invested in his failure because I was never Trump. I get that that happens. And I'm even willing to admit, because I look at myself very carefully in, in, from an introspective perspective. Am I doing that? That's already built into my mindset. Am I being too tough, tough on Trump because I was against Trump to begin with? I don't think that's the case. Partially because I love this country so much, I would, and I've said this numerous times, I would love to be wrong about Donald Trump. If I was wrong and he ended up being tremendous and did a lot of great things and made America great again, I would be thrilled. Especially with two young daughters, a five, almost five-year-old and an infant daughter. Thank you, Donald Trump, for making me wrong. I want to be wrong. Unfortunately, I don't think I am. And I think we're going to be ruining this phenomenon, this Trump phenomenon, for a very long time. We're going to be paying a very, very, very deep price for it. Very deep. In ways that we probably haven't even fully understood, comprehended, or appreciated yet. All right, so that hour didn't go um, nearly as long nor as uh, well as I had hoped. In the meantime, I only ask uh, two things of you. You know what those are. Make sure you share this uh, podcast via social media or word of mouth or if um, and or both two things. So it's both. The second thing I ask is if you're one of those people who sleeps and you when you sleep, you use sheets. Make sure you do yourself a favor and listen to this important message. My name's John Ziegler. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. Coffee. Oh, thanks. How did you sleep? Ugh, like a baby. I don't want to get out of bed ever. These sheets are mm, incredibly soft. 
What did you say they're called again? Performance bedding by Sheiks. <laughs> performance bedding? <laughs> yeah. They're made from super high-tech performance fabric. They're incredibly breathable, so you're not waking up at night throwing covers off and then an hour later throwing them back on. Huh. No wonder I slept so good. Since I started using Sheiks, I sleep like a baby. No more sweaty nights for me. No? Well. <laughs> well, I like them because they're soft. They feel like mm, silk. Performance fabric, huh? Maybe we should... Oh, I don't know. Try them out again. <laughs> <laughs> Comfort and performance for better sleep. That's Sheiks. S-H-E-E-X. Sheiks. Try Sheiks for 30 nights risk-free. Go to sleepcoolnow.com. Use promo code 1212 and get $40 off any sheet set. That's sleepcoolnow.com, promo code 1212. Sleepcoolnow.com, 1212.